Welcome to a Mighty Blaze podcast, now part of the Writer's Bone Podcast Network. I'm your host, Trisha Blanchett. A Mighty Blaze is your online and audio destination for the very best interviews with blockbuster authors, debut writers, and everyone in between. For episode 12 of the season, we're going to welcome not one, but two guests to the podcast best-selling author Margaret Wilkerson Sexton, and bookshop owner Kathleen Caldwell. Margaret is, of course, the multi-award-winning author of A Kind of Freedom and The Revisioners, and Kathleen is the owner of A Great Good Place for Books in Oakland, California. What a great name. Both women talked with host Kimberly hensel Lawrence on an episode of Authors Love Bookstores, about their favorite book recommendations, how they stayed motivated and connected to others during the pandemic shutdown, the mysterious pleasures of getting lost in a good story, and of course, all about Margaret's newest novel, The Revisioners. So settle in and enjoy the conversation as I pass the blaze torch to Kimberly and her two very special guests. Hello, book lovers, and welcome to Authors Love Bookstores, presented by A Mighty Blaze. My name is Kimberly hensel Lawrence, and I'm your host today. We're so excited that you're here. If you're watching live with us, live with us on Facebook, um, please feel free to post a question in a comment below the broadcast, and we'll get to those audience queries later on in the discussion. Today, we're so fortunate to welcome author Margaret Wilkerson Sexton to Authors Love Bookstores. Margaret is the author of two novels, A Kind of Freedom and The Revisioners. They are extraordinary. They've been described as luminous and wondrous and stunning, and all of those words are perfect to describe these books. Um, her debut novel, A Kind of Freedom, was a 2017 National Book Award nominee, a New York Times Notable Book of the Year, and a New York Times Book Review Editor's Choice. It also won the Crook Corners Book Prize and was a recipient of the first novelist award from the Black Caucus of the American Library Association. Her latest book is The Revisioners. It came out in 2019 and it's been nominated for the 2020 Hurston Wright Legacy Award. Um, Please read these books if you haven't already. They're fantastic. Um, Margaret is joining us today to talk about one of her favorite independent bookstores, which is A Great Good Place for Books, which that's the best name for a bookstore. Um, welcome, Margaret. We're so happy you're here. And also, and from A Great Good Place to Books, A Great Good Place for Books is Kathleen Caldwell, the owner of the bookstore. Welcome, Kathleen. Welcome. I mean, thank you for having me, Kimberly. We're so happy both of you are here. Um, now, we're definitely going to talk a little bit about Margaret's books, but we want to give people a sense of the bookstore. So a great good place for books is located in Montclair Village neighborhood of Oakland, California. So for those of us who don't know Oakland, don't know Montclair Village, can you give us a sense of the community, your customers? What can you tell us about um, the place where your bookstore is located? Um, you know, I always, um, I always, for East Coast people, I always say it's the Park Slope of, um, of Brooklyn in the Oakland Hills. Um, we have an amazing community of, of people. Um, we are very community-based. Um, 
I mean, Margaret can tell you, we have kids running in and out of the store all day. We have kids that come and hang out. Um, I, I feel really lucky because, um, as I always joke that, that I, I forgot to have kids. So instead of one, I've got a whole store full. <laughs> um, I also am really committed to my customers. Um, I know what they've read and um, we have a lot of, you know, community parties and community appreciation. We, we really, I just feel like it's, it's, it's what you want in an independent bookstore. I mean, I've worked at bookstores for the last 30 years and um, this one, I always call it my own little piece of heaven in Oakland Hills. Um, it's everything I never knew I really wanted. So that's what I always tell people. Now, Margaret, is this your bookstore? Do you, you're in the Bay Area. Do you shop at a great good place to books for books? I do. I live in Montclair. Oh, okay. so yeah. So this is my local bookstore and my children used to go to Montclair Elementary School. So we would walk by after school and that's how I met Kathleen and that's how I was introduced to the store. And it's, it's just such a, it's such a familial place, um, such a warm and inviting place. My children, like Kathleen said, will just run up and down the store and that's welcome there. And I just love the energy that Kathleen gives off. It's so very welcoming. It, it has made me feel like I have a stronger connection to the community because it's such a community-based store. And so these past couple months when so many things have been closed down and I imagine the store was closed for a period of time, how, how have you been able to foster that sense of community, Kathleen, even though the doors have been closed? Well, you know, we've, we've always had a really active online presence um, really courtesy of uh, our, I, I like to call him our web guru, Mike. Um, he's amazing and has really brought us to another level. Um, you know, I mean, I think just reaching out and, and, and the amazing thing was when we were closed down, I gave my customers my home number and, and they were calling me at home and ordering books just and checking in just to see how I was doing. And, um, you know, they bought an amazing amount of gift certificates which really got us through that really kind of scary time when we, we didn't quite know how we were going to do this because we'd never done anything like this before. But, you know, I mean, I just, I really feel that, that if you really encourage a community, you can create such an amazing community of people. And, you know, I mean, people will just come in just to, you know, they just pop their head in the door now because we can only allow a few people in the store at a time. And they just go, hey, we're just we're just dropping by to say, hey, and see how you're doing. And, you know, I mean, you know, as far as the kids go, you know, we do have limited numbers, so they can't come and hang out like they they have for. I always say generations of kids because my first uh, my first group of kids are all now getting married and having babies themselves and bringing their babies in to see me. Um, and uh, I can't tell you how many kids have I'm part of their prom drop by to show their prom outfits. Which is really <laughs> awesome. Um, That's the first time we've heard that here on Authors Love Bookstores. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so much fun. You know, I have I have like these kids that just feel that this is their place yeah and I mean I, I have to say the adults do too but but for me to see 
teenagers want to come and hang out at a bookstore mm. is uh it's an incredible thing and and you know i mean I believe that the whole family is part of the store. And I know Margaret's come in and I call it the GGP family. And when people say something, oh, I said, don't worry about it. You're part of the family, you know? And I, I, I truly know what everybody's reading and what they're going to like. And sometimes I'll, you know, if it's somebody I know really well, if it's a book I know they're going to love, I'll, I'll send them a text and go, oh, it came in. You got to come by and they'll come by. And I, I have to say, I have the world's best staff. So you know, my staff is really believes the same way I do that it's a complete community and, and we all have to participate and be a part of it. So I feel really blessed that, um, you know, my whole staff and my management team is, is amazing. I have, I have two co-managers that are two of the most incredible people I've ever met. So I, I feel very lucky to, to have them. Um, and, and, one of my co-managers, she's a writer herself and a published author. So, I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's what we believe in, you know, this is, you know, it's the life we've chosen and it's our job to share it with everybody else. During the times when the bookstore was closed, so now you're open on a limited basis. We are. Uh, but when you were closed, you did online sales? I imagine I did, we did online sales. We did online events with zoom and that was courtesy of um, Mike figuring that out overnight. Um, I think we all figured teacher. out zoom overnight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, I think he has things up on YouTube now too. We have a YouTube oh. channel that he started. So um, I feel really lucky that, that I have him. I mean, I don't know what we would have done if, I, I mean, I barely knew how to turn on a computer, to be honest with you. And, and Mike has turned me into someone who can figure out how to use, well, not great use earpods, but, but pretty good. Um, what? Um, it, it was so bizarre. It was like within 24 hours, we had to totally turn our business around and, and figure out how to make it and, and, and how, to, how to be how to do the marketing we did without being in the store doing it. You know, we did a lot of, we've been, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys know, we were really, really active on, on social media. Um, I have uh, Samantha who does our live videos because she's more comfortable and can figure out ear pods better than I can. Um, so she does all of our, our live marketing um you know, like if we've got an upcoming author event or something, you'll see a, a video with Sam doing it. Um, I feel, you know, it was such a, you just had to flip it overnight. Yeah. And um, like I said, I, I gave my home phone number out. And I got calls sometimes. I got one call at six in the morning and I was not very nice when I answered the phone. Because <laughs> I am, anybody who knows me knows I am not a morning person. So that um, was someone who was really needing a book. They were really, they must, they were really needing a book because they called me at, I think it was 6.15. And the funny <laughs> thing was my, my, one of my good friends from childhood was awaiting the birth of her first grandchild. So I assumed somebody was calling me at six in the morning. It was her calling me to tell me the baby was here. So I was not very nice when I answered the phone because I thought it was her. But for some people, Kathleen, 
a new book is just as exciting as the birth of a baby. Exactly. Exactly. Right? You know, I, yeah. But, you know, I mean, they were so apologetic when they realized that it was actually me on the other end of the phone answering the phone at six in the morning. They thought they would just be leaving a message. Um, what can you but tell I us? Mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But, you know, I, I have to say that, that they really sustained me, my customers. I mean, some would just call up to say, God, we miss you and we're so worried. How are you doing? And um, even if they weren't buying a book, they were just calling up to make sure that we were okay, mm. you know, and, and, and we were going to make it. And, and that was their, their number one. They go, oh, we've got to keep you here. You know, you're, 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 you make the community. And, and, you know, I mean, that was felt a little excessive to me, but, you know, I mean, I am about community and I always say it's, you know, cause I was raised Irish, you know, Irish Catholic, New Yorker, you know, we're all about community. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> What, so your your customers have been very dedicated to supporting the store. You were mentioning that they have purchased gift certificates, and I imagine they've also been buying books. What have been oh they've been books buying people, books like have there been sort of certain books that have been lifting to the top as sort of the most popular books of your community in the past? Yeah, I would say in the very beginning it was real escapist escapist stuff. People were reading. Um, I made a joke because I was I myself was only reading trashy novels in the beginning because that was all I could handle, you know, things yeah. with happy endings. And um, I had a lot of people reading trashy novels with me, which was quite fun. And <laughs> actually, people really made fun of me about the trashy novels. So um, I, you know, I mean, we've been reading a lot of like, you know, I, I would say the Glennon Doyle's book was really popular in the beginning. Um, and then as we moved into the George Floyd time, we have uh, books about understanding um, the division in our country, I think have been our big sellers all summer. Um, I would say our number one books are, um, well, and also, you know, we did really well with, um, you know, like, such a fun age was a great great oh. book and and margaret's book has always sold well for us because we love margaret um and then you know as we moved into june our big books were like white fragility and how to be a, an anti-racist you know important books that we all need to be reading right now and Margaret, what about you during this pandemic have you has there been a book or books that you have found solace in or escape or joy that you'd like to recommend to our viewers yeah um well i read the vanishing half and oh. loved it and even have been rereading it which is unusual for me um i am i am also rereading books that i think i find that really soothing like almost like just eating a, a a bowl of soup that your grandmother used to make. You know, it feels very nostalgic for me. So I'm rereading Passing by Nell Larson. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm rereading The Transit of Venus, which is which is just very calming for me. Um, I think The Transit of Venus especially is so much about human nature. It just makes me feel like um, less alone and more like we're all bound by our 
by our emotions and by how we respond to things and typically we respond in very similar ways, you know, at the core of it. And that feels very calming to me at this time when, when you've seen so much division and, uh, and unrest. And, and then your books, obviously people, people are reading them also during this time. I know that I have had the pleasure of reading them over the past couple of weeks. And, and, um, Thank you. I, you know, what I think is really extraordinary about the way that you write if I can gush for a second, um, <laughs> go ahead and gush. Um, I think you create these characters that the reader takes with them after the last page. Like, I feel like, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, that makes me happy to hear. That makes oh, it's happy. true. I mean, I find myself thinking about Evelyn and thinking about Josephine and wondering about them. And not all writers do that. And I, and, you know, as a reader, I just, I really appreciated that. I appreciate that in a book too. And, and and that's what I found in the books that I focused on during this time. It's the books where I really feel like a kinship with the characters. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like you've met new people and you've introduced new people into your life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. So I appreciate that you've had that with, with those books. Can you tell our viewers about The Revisioners? What, what describe the book for them? Sure. Um, so the revisioner tells the story of Josephine. She's a former enslaved woman and a former sharecropper. And um, in 1924, despite her tragic past, she has found herself in a pretty comfortable position. She's surrounded by family and friends. She has lucked upon this uh, 300 acre farm and she's doing quite well. Um, however, this is the year that a white woman moves in next door and um, this woman is not as confident as Josephine. She's looking for something sturdy to hold on to. And um, she tries to strike up a friendship. Now, Josephine is wary at first for reasons we understand it's 1924, mm -hmm. but ultimately they do form this cautious bond. However, it's later upended um, when Josephine learns that the neighbor is a member of the clan. Mm -hmm. And then many, 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 many generations later, we have um, Josephine's great, great, great granddaughter, Ava, who is a biracial woman in New Orleans and she's, um, she's financially strapped and she decides to move in with her white grandmother who owns a, an uptown mansion in New Orleans. And at first it's a win-win because her grandmother's health is failing so she can help her. And of course she didn't have the money for her own place but the grandmother's behavior soon becomes really erratic and even racist. And um, Ava's and Josephine's storylines start to converge. They do, in a, in a way that you have to read. <laughs> you have to read the book. It's very, it's a, it's a terrific, terrific story. I found, I couldn't put it down. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hello, Writerish Podcast listener. I'm Daniel Ford, co-host of the Writer's Bone Podcast and founder of the Writer's Bone Podcast Network. At least one person that I know of has called me the Norman Lear of podcasting, but I'm here to talk about our flagship, Writer's Bone. We're a literary podcast that believes in the power of the written word. My co-host, Stephanie Ford, and our Friday morning coffee host, Caitlin Malqui, believe that storytelling can excite us, educate us, and at its best, unite us. Our mission is to promote authors of all backgrounds, races, creeds, and experiences. 
Since 2014, we've had the privilege of talking to bestsellers, debut authors, screenwriters, actors and actresses, and so many others that embrace creative endeavors. We hope you'll subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, because we have no intention of stopping anytime soon. And our simplest, perhaps our best advice, keep writing, everyone. Um, and before we went live, Kathleen, you were saying that you have a big display in your store of Margaret's books. Um, I yeah. actually have a copy in the window. And, in the window. Um, yeah. Um, we, we love Margaret and, and we were so blessed before all, this all started. We did this amazing party for her, um, for the launch. Um, and, you know, I think what Margaret's writing about is really important for the time we're living in right now. And um, Margaret does it so beautifully. And I mean, the thing I love about Margaret's books is, is you slip into them. And I know that's a weird way to describe it, but you feel like you're a voyeur watching it. Um, hold on. We can hear you, Kathleen. Um, but you feel like you're a part of this story and, and you feel connected to every single character. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love about her writing. And that's why, you know, it's, it's an easy book to say to somebody, wow, you've got to read this. This is a book you won't forget. And that's one of my favorite lines is, is books that, that I can put in someone's hand and say, you're going to thank me. You'll call me when you finish it. And, and believe me, they, I, got, I, I get great messages all the time from customers telling me how much they loved a book that I told them that they would love. Mm. And I always, you know, I joke that I'm the bossy bookseller. <laughs> You know, I tell people what they need to read. But that's what people want from an independent bookstore, right? You want to be able to walk in the store and say, oh, I love the revisioners. What yeah. else did I love? And then well, the bookseller can say, oh, I'll match. It's like you're a matchmaker, right? Matching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we give to, we get to open up a different world for people. Mm. And, and um, I, can't tell you how fun it is you know and and I remember the day Margaret walked in she walked in with her two kids and she said to me she goes oh yeah I'm, I'm Margaret Sexton I said oh yeah she goes I've got a book coming out and I said oh, okay and then we went and looked you up and then we went and read it and we went oh my god she lives in our neighborhood this is going to be awesome it's uh, as I I said to somebody it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship mm -hmm. yeah I yeah it's been wonderful it's been wonderful to have you in the community, to have your support. I have such fond memories of the launch. I'm so glad we were able to do it in person. It oh my gosh, I'm so glad. I know. Can, you, can I know. you tell our viewers about the launch that you had at a great good books, good place for books? Sure. Oh, it was a party. <laughs> it was. I mean, you know, I think because it was my second book, I think um, I was just more comfortable and, um, I think with the first book, you know, you're wondering if people are going to come and, 
um, you're wondering if people are going to like the book and you just I just was just so unfamiliar with the territory so I think um, there was more nervousness I think with the second book we had timed the launch in Oakland to be at the end of my book tour so I had already done a book tour and this was the last event and um, that was another thing like I had spoken about the revisioners you know hundreds of times well I mean I didn't do hundreds of stops but I talked about it so much and so um <laughs> and so it was just very it was just it was just comfortable and so many of my family and friends were there my kids were there my husband was there it was the first time my husband could come to an event because he had been watching the kids the whole tour so he could actually come and bring them um we had and they were very well behaved oh well thank you. <laughs> We had people from my kids' school there. I mean, it was just so nice to see so many members of my community um, who don't really necessarily even know each other, just in one place, almost like a wedding or something. Mm -hmm. And um, and we had Aro Kwan there. She was. We were in oh. conversation, and that I love her. And she asked amazing questions. And um, it was just it was just a wonderful wonderful place to have it because the store is so familial and comfortable and warm. So I think it just. It just it just enhanced a feeling of my own community that was there already, but but it just made it even stronger. So you've mentioned that you have small children. And so during this pandemic, it's for all of us with children, it has been a challenging time. And on top of that, you're a writer. Have you been able to find time during the past couple of months to work on something new? We, we have a lot of writers who watch um, a Mady Blaze, and they're always trying to understand how people can be creative during this time. Have you been able to do that? Yeah, I have because, well, I'm lucky in that I I always had because my baby was younger. He hadn't gone to school yet. Okay, so I always had part time care for him, uh, and so that has continued. And so I, I have hours where that's you know where I have to work, and I just think of it. I always have thought of it as a job. I don't think of it, and it is a job. And that's the way I think about it. Like, I remember when I left, I, I used to work at a law firm. I remember when I left to start working as a writer, I just didn't think of it like a situation where, you know, sometimes I'll do it if I feel like it, or sometimes I won't do it if I feel like it. I just always did it every day. And it didn't mean that, I mean, it didn't mean that everything I did was necessarily productive or fruitful because I wrote a book that was never published for the first four years I was writing on. I was working on a book that truly has never been published. So, oh. yeah. So it doesn't mean that every every day that you do it, you're going to be directly progressing toward the goal. But I think it's it's always cumulative, and it's and it can also be indirect. So everything I was doing was laying the groundwork for what was to come, um, even if it didn't feel that way, and even if it didn't directly look that way. Yeah. So, so keep going. I think it's just good to have a routine. Yeah. I, I think it's good to have a routine. I think for me, it's a routine. I don't feel comfortable if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. However, I will say there are days where I don't do it. There are a lot of days that I don't do it, but because it's been such a, a routine over so many years, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter as much. Like when people say, you know, writers have to write every day. Well, no, that's not true. I don't believe that. But I do think with any kind of habit, in the beginning, it's nice to do it every day because that builds the routine. But I think once the habit is built, then it's just a habit. It's just, you know, it'd be like brushing your teeth or it's something that I just do, you know. But a habit that produces yeah. <laughs> some things that are quite extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. 
so Kathleen, you were mentioning to us that you've done, the store has done a number of online events and you have a YouTube channel. So um, people who have, may have missed an event can go onto your website and, and they can click over and watch them. Right, right, right. And then do you have any events that are coming up that you want our viewers to watch? Because one of the beauties of online events is that you don't have to be in Oakland to see them, right? So anyone around the world can log into an event that you're doing. Anything that's coming up that you want to draw our viewers' attention to? Um, well, we have a, a fundraiser with uh, Stephen Rowley, the the author of The Editor, and Byron Lane, the author of A Star's Board, in conversation with our good friend uh, Bianca Murray, who's also a writer and wrote Home If You If You Don't Know the I'm forgetting the whole title, but she's an amazing writer. Um, and we were lucky enough to host uh, uh, Bianca a couple times in the store. She lives in Canada and she started, uh, she contacted me in the very beginning to do, and it's a $10 charge to get the link. Um, and it's going to be so much fun because if you don't know Stephen and Byron, they are the world's goofiest boys. So it's going to be a lot of fun and they're amazing writers and they've been so supportive um they've actually become really good friends of mine over the last couple of years um and i'm really i think it's going to be a lot of fun and then we uh later this month uh no the beginning of september we have uh francesca saratola the author of the ghosts of harvard and it's what? going to be um it's going to be the first Thursday in September, so I'm, I'm forgetting the date right now, and that will be a live Facebook event, which we will have a link up. I believe we have a link right now on, on um, both our website and Facebook with uh, the Zoom ID number. Okay, great. And you, people should feel excited to go to your website and see more about upcoming events that are happening. Yeah, and we also have all of our um, events that we've done archived on the um, website. Okay. And for those of you who are questioning, the website is ggpbooks.com. Just to make sure we get that out there. Um, Margaret, anything that you want to ask Kathleen about the bookstore? That you, anything special that you want people to, to know about a great, good place for books? Well, I wonder, because so many of my writer friends and my reader friends too, but I think it's more interesting that my writer friends have said this. So many of them have said that um, they can't read right now. Mm. And um, I was like that for the first three months. I couldn't read. And I'm wondering what you would recommend, Kathleen, to jumpstart that. Because it's it's such a solace in this time. Once I was able to jump back into it, I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Because it's just such a way to journey out of the situation we're in and to gain a little bit more perspective. Um, so how would you recommend, and I don't remember, I think for me, it was just reading. I think I just, you know, I'd heard so much about the vanishing happen. I, I'm so interested in passing the idea of passing. So I think that was the book for me that just kind of jump started it. And once I got through that, I was like, okay, I can do this. But Kathleen, how would you recommend that people find that joy um, reading? Well, you know, like I said, I had a hard time in the beginning too. And, and what I did was I read a bunch of trashy novels. And much to, you know, I got made fun of. My staff totally made fun of me that I was reading the things I was reading. Um, I read a lot of things that yeah, took we me do to that other over places. The holidays. 
too. Remember we were saying we do that over the holidays? Oh, we yeah. I totally read trash during the holidays. <laughs> what defines a trashy mean, novel? Like, what is a trash? Like, what do you mean? Like a romance novel? No, like I a- can't do, I can't do bodice rippers. Um, <laughs> what's a trashy novel? Um, I would say what's quoted as women's fiction, you know, oh. kind of one step up, you know, okay. like a, I read, I read all of Christina Lauren's books during the, it's a writing team. I read everything that they wrote. Um, and then I started segueing back into the books that really mattered to me. You know, I started um, like Taylor Jenkins Reid. I read all of her. I actually reread Daisy Jones and the Six and that really got me going. And then I started, picked up Ann Patchett. Um, the Dutch House was, that was probably my, my that got me over the edge. You know, I, I, the Dutch house brought me back to, 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 I mean, I'm still reading trash, you know, on the side, but you know, I'm also back to reading like, um, I was lucky enough that a couple editors sent me early manuscripts of books. So I've, I've read, um, a couple books that I, I'm dying to talk about, but I can't because I've been sworn to secrecy. Ooh. I know it's like, the you know. <laughs> But um, I can tell you that one of them I have read is I've read uh, Stephen Rowley's new book, The Gunkle, which comes out next summer. And I cried. The book made me cry. And I love a book that that pushes me to that edge. And I'm a blithering idiot in my in my bed. Crying because it touched me so much. Um, But, uh, you know, I. I like a book that moves me, you know, and that's why I like Margaret's books is they take me to a place that I'm not totally familiar with. And, and then my, my staff makes fun of me that anything that's semi-literary with a dysfunctional Irish background, I'm all over, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I would say I reread, uh, Mary Beth Keene's, uh, Ask again, yet I mean, ask again, yes, which yeah. is about a, a New York Irish Catholic yeah. cop family, which my grandfather was a New York Irish Catholic cop. So I mean, I you know I I've gone back and I've read things that that were familial to me mm-hmm. and familiar, and then um, I've been lucky enough to now I'm kind of back in in my mojo when I'm reading the things that. I'm kind of super excited about. Like I read The Ghosts of Harvard, which I ended up, poor Francesca, um, ended up kind of stalking her on on Instagram until she agreed to do an event with me. Uh, (laughs) But I love that book so much because it's got like a little bit of a thriller. It's got the literary edge. It's got um, a little bit of magical, you know, and it was a book that, I, I sold it to one of my favorite customers, Anne, and I came home one day and there was a message on my um, my voicemail saying that I was a horrible person and her family thought so too because I sold her this book and she hasn't been able to do anything else but read, but she still loved me. <laughs> but that's the best book, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That you can't yeah. put down and that you sort of ignore your family because the book is so good and you kind of walk yeah. around yeah. Your, your house like this, bumping into walls because you're reading. 
Yeah, and and the funny thing is, I never ever would have picked up this book unless one of my my staff said, "Oh, look at this cover; it's really cool." And I said, oh. "Oh, I'll just take it home and take a peek at it." And the next thing I knew, it was four in the morning, and I was still reading. Oh. And, did that and I, immediately, or did it take a while? Um, I have to say, this happened really recently. Uh, this was this happened in July. Um, okay. It took me a Were while to to be able to read anything other than things that made me feel happy. (laughs) And did you get sucked into the ghost of Harvard very quickly or did it happen? I was sucked. I was sucked in within two chapters, completely sucked in, you know, and, and beyond sucked in, like going, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? Okay. I have to read this. Yeah. You would love it. It's such a good book. Okay, that's if you good. haven't read it too, Kimberly, I totally think I that you would love this book. I haven't, but we we did have the author on a Mighty Blaze a couple weeks ago, so I've heard about it. So I will not on our program, but another one. But I will I will have to check it out. Oh, you you've got to read it. It's just it's it was kind of that. I wasn't sure. I felt like I wasn't sure I was ever going to be in that totally blissed out place again, and it it took me there. Oh wow! Okay, well that's a big recommendation. Yes. You know that one where you don't want to talk to anybody, you just want to read? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt when I read these books. Yeah, I felt when I read that one, when I read them in the beginning. But I read, as Margaret knows, I read them a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that's amazing that you don't know is Margaret has the world's best editor. And, and that whole team over at CounterPoint makes sure that if they know a book is going to be the perfect match for a, a bookseller, they make, you know, darn sure that it gets in your hands ASAP. And I can tell you that I got this in my hands way before pub date. So that's a really interesting point that maybe we are, I'm not sure how many of our, our viewers know that, is that often booksellers get advanced copies from publishers um, and the idea behind that is for you to decide whether or not to buy it for your store, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. to help spread the word. And do you, how many advanced copies of books do you get in a year, do you think? Um, Margaret's been in my office. <laughs> <laughs> All I need to say is, is it, it's quite scary. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I think that I've been doing this for so long that, that I, um, I don't know, but in the early '90s, we used to fly to New York to to schedule events. In the you know before Edelweiss and all that, we would fly to New York two to three times a year and meet with uh, editors and publicists. So I I got to know a lot of the editorial people, and so I'm really lucky that sometimes if an editor thinks that they have a book that I'll really like, mm. they send me the manuscript like. With Stephen's book, I read it over a year before it's scheduled to be published. And, um, you know, I, I get that, I get manuscripts periodically, which is really awesome. And I feel that it's such a, it's such a compliment that an editor would want me to read their, their manuscript before anybody else puts their, you know. And then, you know, the bookseller blurbs that come out on galleys. Yeah. I've done I've done quite a few of those. So um well you're you're explaining why indie bookstores are so crucial, right? Because booksellers are so 
aware of books that are coming down the pike. You really can play this role of matchmaker between the reader and the author and the book in a way that really no one else can. Maybe a librarian, right? But like really a unique position that you have in the whole publishing ecosystem. Or pendulum. Pendulum. <laughs> um, we're coming to the end of our time, which I am very sad to say. Um, any last things about the bookstore, Kathleen, that you wanted people to know about or Margaret about your books or your upcoming work that you want to make sure our viewers check out? Um, well, we're open all the time at, at w, you know, at dgpbooks.com and um, you can send us a message and we always respond. Okay. And, you know, we love you guys. You make us who we are. Wonderful. Margaret, any last? It's so nice to know that Kathleen is back again and the store is open, albeit limited. And um, I just echo what the entire community has been saying to her in, in their attempts to uplift her and sustain her there. I just feel like without Kathleen's store in Montclair, it would not be the same place. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to both of you for spending some time with us today and explaining your special store to the Authors Love Bookstore audience um, and also the chance to talk with Margaret about her wonderful books, A Kind of Freedom and The Revisioners. You can find out more about Margaret's work on her website, margaretwilkersonsexton.com. She's also on social media. Um, you can follow her on Twitter. The bookstore also, as we said, is ggpbooks.com. Also very active on Instagram and on Twitter. So you can follow them and find out about openings, um, author events, store hours, how to order, et cetera, et cetera. Um, definitely check out Margaret's books if you haven't read them already. Again, they're fantastic. And join us back here next time for another edition of Authors Love Bookstores presented by A Mighty Blaze. Until then, be well and keep reading. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Trisha Blanchett for A Mighty Blaze podcast. My debut novel, An Underdog Hero's Journey, called Herrick's End, is available now if you want to check it out. My handle is TM Blanchett on Bookstagram, BookTok, Facebook, and Book Twitter, and I'd love to see you there. Tune in next time for a bonus 13th episode featuring Pulitzer Prize winner Elizabeth Strout. Until then, keep your blaze burning and your pages turning.